Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo, Tom DeAngelis. Welcome one and all. Thanks, David. Good to be here. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 21, verses 1 through 14. But before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in so that we're able to see what we're to see, hear what we're to hear, and then put it into action? Mm-hmm. You bet. Here we go. In the name of the Father, Father Son, the Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father. Thank you for creating us. Jesus, thank you for saving us. Holy Spirit, thank you for sanctifying us. Holy Spirit, come fill our hearts with your love. Holy Spirit, come fill our hearts with your peace. Holy Spirit, come fill our hearts with your wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Holy Spirit, fill our hearts with your courage. So when we hear the words that we are to hear today, that we can live the gospel, that we can live this beautiful invitation every single day in every single relationship. Lord, we need you. Oh, how we need you. Please bless all those who will listen, bless their families, and help us all to follow in your footsteps so we can be instruments of your love and peace and joy every single day. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Holy Son, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love I'd be happy today. to. Again, it's uh, from John, uh, Gospel of John, chapter 21, verses 1 to 14. At that time, Jesus revealed himself to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. Together were Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we also will come with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. When it was already dawn, Jesus was standing on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, have you caught anything to eat? They answered him, no. So he said to them, cast the net over the right side of the boat and you will find something. So they cast it and were not able to pull it in because of the number of fish. So the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tucked in his garments, for he was lightly clad, and jumped into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, for they were not far from the shore, only about a hundred yards, dragging the net with them. When they climbed out on the shore, they saw a charcoal fire with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you just caught. So Simon Peter went over and dragged the net ashore full of 153 large fish. Even though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come, have breakfast. And none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they realized it was the Lord. Jesus came over and took the bread and gave it to them, and in like manner, the fish. This was now the third time Jesus was revealed to his disciples after being raised from the dead. 
the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, you Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Thomas, I, as you were reading, I stopped on that first sentence. Jesus revealed himself again. And, and I just stopped and wrote down, how does Jesus reveal himself to you, each of us, every day? Do we truly have the eyes to see, the ears to hear? Do we take the time then to contemplate how he's revealed himself and then in what ways? And then do we share those stories, our testimonies with others like the woman at the well did to help others come to believe? So, man, I don't want to miss this because the enemy of our soul wants to weigh us down, blind us, deafen us through the noise of the world. But Jesus, as we get to the last paragraph, wants us to slow down. Come have breakfast. Come dine with him. Don't don't have your busy agendas. Don't have your to-do list. Stop. Take time to truly dine with the Lord, to truly open up and listen to the Lord, to take that time of communion, common union with the Lord, that you can hear the voice of the Father as he instructs you. Jesus came to do the Father's will. That's our calling. Jesus spoke only what the Father told him to speak. That's our calling. But if we fail to slow down and take the time to hear that voice of the Father, then, then whose voice are we, we, we representing? Is it the Lord's? Do, they, do people recognize Jesus in us? Or are we still, you know, got a lot of our own hmm. <clears throat> worldly stuff in us? That's what I was getting out of that first sentence. And when you talk about Jesus revealing it, revealing himself and, and how, has, you know, how has he done that or how does he do that, I was thinking of a, of a text that I sent my, our one daughter, and I was out doing some, some work in the, uh, in the front lawn, and we have a bunch of azaleas. So we have uh, a couple red azaleas on either side, and then in the middle is a white azalea, and they're all blooming. And as I was looking at the white azalea, and these guys have been hanging out with each other for years, these azaleas. And the white azalea now has red streaks in most of the leaves. Wow. And I'm showing this to, to David and Tom. Uh-huh. Not only does it have streaks, now there are a couple flowers on the white azalea that are completely red. Mm-hmm. So as I was doing the yard work and I was looking at that, I was just thinking of my daughter and, and just the blessing that the Lord has given her with developing these awesome, amazing friendships. You know, these, these girls that she's friends with that they they just went on a, a week-long mission in Philadelphia serving, you know, some of the poorest of the poor areas. They get together on Thursday or Friday night to do a gospel reflection together. They just have a ball being together. So I just sent this text to her, and I said, the way our white azalea has developed red streaks and whole red flowers is a great reminder that we become like who we hang out with. It's such a blessing that you have a crew of friends who are hanging out, w- hanging out with Jesus and each other, and are all becoming more like Him each day. Who do you want to become? Like so, Jesus revealed to me in the simple task of of weeding the front bed, and just having the presence of mind to stop and really look and observe this bush that's been in front of our house for years to reveal himself. Like, that's amazing that this white azalea has taken on aspects of the red that it's been hanging out with. So Jesus revealed himself to me in that moment that, hang out with me. I want to, like, the one flower was completely changed from white to all red. That's amazing. That's that's mm-hmm. that's a miracle, right? So that's the miracle that God wants to to give to us, that, you know, come hang out with me. 
Come hang out with me, and I'll change you little by little, maybe a little streak here, a little streak there. Keep coming out with me. Keep consuming me in the Eucharist, in my word, and serving others, and I want to completely change you into me so that people can recognize me in you. Absolutely, and Jesus says that right here when he calls out to the apostles that he hung out with three years. They saw him crucified and die. He calls out to them, children. You see, when we fail to have the heart, the eyes, and the ears of children, and we become all about our head knowledge, we really become blind and deaf. But when we have children, when we're children, and we have that awe and wonder, when we see a rainbow or we see these beautiful flowers, we can see God in His creation. We can walk and smell the roses as the, the little ditty. Well, I, the other day I got out and I smelled this lilac bush. I'm going to tell you right now, it was intoxicating. And I thank the Lord. Thank you, Lord. How many times do we drive past the beauty and never see the Lord, and never take the time to smell the roses or be intoxicated by the smell of the lilacs. This is a new springtime in the world. It's a new springtime in our life. Slow down. And I want to pray for everybody a prayer that the Lord gave me that really has helped me in my journey. It's called a prayer for a peaceful spirit. Because again, this whole notion of Jesus here, who's he's got a charcoal fire ready, he's got the food ready, he's got the bread and the fish, you know, and the apostles just come in from, you know, Fishing, didn't catch anything in the beginning. The Lord said, you know, put the put the net out the right side. And he said, hey, you know, come over here, sit with me. I got food for you. I'll feed you. Bring your fish too, but we're good to go. So here's the prayer the Lord gave me, which really has been a blessing in my life. Because too many of us, when people ask us, how you doing? We say, oh, man, I'm busy. Really? Well, let me tell you what the Lord speaks to our hearts in this prayer. Please, Lord, slow me down. Ease my pounding heart. Quiet my racing mind, steady my hurried steps. Amidst the confusion of my days, grant me the calmness of your peace. Help me to know the truly restoring gift of sleep. Teach me the art of taking time off, to slow down, to see the beauty in your creation, to chat with a friend, to read a few lines from a good book. Remind me each day that there is more to life than increasing its speed. It is living each moment with you, and for you. Let me look upwards into the branches of a towering oak and know that it grew great and strong because it grew slowly and well. Please, Lord, slow me down. Teach me to be gentle and humble of heart, fearing nothing of this world, as you are my Lord. Grant me rest for my soul now and eternally with you. Amen. Amen. Wow. That is beautiful. In the studio, it's quiet, but there was like a, like a, I just felt a quiet and a peace. As soon as we stopped and you started praying that prayer, I just felt the Lord just, just I felt his presence. Um, that's, that's a beautiful, beautiful prayer. It, it's going to be through God's grace that we can do that, right? Because we, mm-hmm. we, want, we want to go, 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 do, 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 and the result is we're busy, busy, busy. And even if it's good and if it's well-intended, and we get distracted in the busyness of doing so many good things for so many people, it could be at the expense of the great, which is my communion with God, my connection with Him, my allowing myself to be a a son, His son first, and letting Him hold me and hug me and and care for me and, and, and build me up and strengthen me, so then I can be sent. 
So uh, that's a that's a beautiful prayer. And if anybody wants uh, that prayer, it's in our prayer book. So just you know, give us a call, go on our website, and uh, it's called a prayer for a peaceful spirit. And it's in a it's in our stewardship of prayer book that uh, has just a lot of a lot of home runs in there. Thank you, David. And you know, too, I was thinking, um, just reflecting on the back and forth. You know, uh, a lot of people would look at those flowers and not see the Lord in that. You know, a lot of pe- a lot of people would look at like I might have a tendency to look at it and say, "Isn't that interesting how the red gets into it? I wonder what you know chemical you know thing is going on there, biological transfer." But but to be able to see the Lord in in the presence and the influence, and then have to be able to share that with other people, I think that's the grace. And I do think too, when we were talking, you you had mentioned earlier, David, about being present and listening. I think there also has to be a stillness in that to be able to really appreciate. Because we can slow down and try to listen, but we can listen too fast. We can listen like, hurry up so I can say what I have to say. But I do think, and earlier in the week at a gospel reflection that we have at, at St. Joan of Arc, one of the guys asked a really profound question. He said, I really believe, and I think it had to do, we were on the same topic of listening. He said, now when I come here on Wednesday mornings, I you know, I believe that Jesus is saying something to me here through each one of you. But he said, I believe that, but I never can figure out what it is exactly. You know, he said, can you guys help me with that? So we talked about it for a while because, you know, we were talking about, well, maybe how it works or the way we experience it. But I think being able to share with other people and, you know, the idea of stillness came up too is maybe, you know, you're listening too hard with the intent of wanting to say something and maybe just listen, put that aside and then, you know, because... I don't know about you guys. Your probably brain works the same way that that mine does, and everybody else's. It, once somebody's finished speaking and you've really listened to them, it doesn't take long for you to come up with something to say. You know, it's not like I have to be planning that out while they're talking. You know, it'll something good will come, and it'll probably be the right thing because you've deeply listened and you've heard everything they had to say. You know, I think of one of Stephen Covey's principles. I think it was number four. You know, in the habits of highly successful people, seek first to understand, then to be understood. And he talks a lot about how to listen and listen in a quiet way, listen with the real intention of hearing what the other person has to say. And a big part of that, I think, of your appreciating the Lord and the and the application of that that flower experience you had was the fact that, you know, you carry the Lord with you. And that happened once. Maybe it'll happen more. Maybe it'll happen more frequently. But when we carry the Lord with us in our hearts and we're always looking at things that way, I think that makes a huge difference in, in the way that our life is. So, you know, we that's something we could, we should all be better at. Like if it's not happening in my life, I should ask, why am I asking about the chemical composition? Why didn't I see the Lord in that experience, you know? Yeah, you know, and it's interesting. Jesus was standing at the shore. I think Jesus is standing at the door of our heart in any moment, whenever we want to ask a question. And and so for me, I don't know if anyone realizes or our listening audience realize, my name is David Abel, and I'm the steward of the Stone Gables Estate, the Star Barn Village. And we sort of kind of kind of came under a little bit of a spotlight of uh, news media and uh, and some people that weren't very happy. And so as this all unraveled, imagine this had happened over Lent. 
And so there was uh, false accusations, there was mocking, there was scourging for my faith belief. People wanted to crucify me, and so I journeyed this journey of Lent. Uh, and it's amazing, after the resurrection, it really it, it died down. It's, it's no longer out there, you know, of any, any consequence. But the whole time as I started going through this, I'm saying, I, I went to the Father, I said, you know, what do you want me to do? And the answer to the question was, because see, when we ask a question, God will answer it. But he's a gentleman. He's not going to force us to do anything. And the Lord said, David, I want you to take by name each and every one of those people that send you something that is meant to wound you. Give, give that to my son. He can quench the, the, the arrows. But then I want you to pray for them by name. It's the greatest gift you can give them. And so that really gave me a sense of peace as I journeyed through this almost six weeks of, of onslaught to just take and pray for those people individually by name. And then the Lord said to focus on the positives, the people that reached out positively and don't dwell on the negative, but as opposed to dwelling on the negative, which is what the enemy wanted me to do, is to lift them up in prayer. Because that only is not a gift, only not only a gift for them, but it's a gift for you to help me be set free. And 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 I really have another prayer that I like to pray that really came into my heart as I was walking through this six week journey. And the prayer we call it the prayer for peace, and it's in our little booklet. And it really comes from we believe Saint Francis of Assisi. So let me let me play that pray that now because as we're confronted with people who don't agree with us or people that lash out of us, realize number one they were created in the image and likeness of God. Number two that state of of faith is in their hearts. We need to blow the gift of the Holy Spirit, water that seed, not not take offense to anything, but see through all that stuff that the world has has twisted them in, and then and then work with this prayer. And then here's the prayer: Lord, make me an instrument of Your peace. Where there is hatred, let me bring love. Where there is injury, let me bring forgiveness. Where there is discord. Let me bring harmony. Where there is doubt, let me bring faith. Where there is despair, let me bring hope. Where there is darkness, let me bring light. Where there is sadness, let me bring joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in the giving that we receive, it is in the forgiving that we are forgiving, it is in the dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. And you know, that really helped me on this journey, recognize that at this time of Lent that I went through six weeks, it was a time of helping heal wounds that were inflicted on people from people within the church, people within their community, family members, and to be this bridge of hope, this bridge of forgiveness, this bridge of, of light and, and, and mercy. And it really was a, a journey that I could not have done without staying into daily communion, into that divine intimacy with the Father so that they could recognize the love of Jesus in me, not condemnation, not judgment. And it was a journey that helped me, edify me. And hopefully, perfectly, it helped a lot of other people. Because all 7.7 billion human beings were created in the image and likeness of God. Satan, the enemy, can't create a soul. He can't knit a body together in the womb of a mother. It's impossible. He's not a god. He can only twist, contort, wound, and damage. So for me, it was, a, it was an incredible journey 
that I was honored the Lord chose me to walk on, and I thank every one of the people that sent me notes of encouragement that said, we're praying for you. We're with you on this journey. And it was amazing. So thank you to all the listeners that did send notes, and thank you for everybody that was on the journey with me. And let's be instruments of healing and bridges of hope, not division. And David, thank thank you for... it's all, it's all the Lord, right? So of all the prayers that God could have sent you to, it was this. And uh, and right the moment before you started praying this prayer, for us here in the studio and for everyone listening, um, I received a text. And I usually don't have my phone here, um, but there's been some things going on. So I, I looked at the text, and it's from... Um, it's from my daughter, and there's a situation where not on the scale that you're talking about, but but a person who is in a, a position of uh, of authority that should not have done what she did in speaking about my daughter to other other kids, she did, and it hurt hurt her. I mean, just it was. So she just sent me a text, Dad. Whenever I see this person's name, I get so angry. I, I, I really feel like I want to say something. So as you were praying, I took a picture of this prayer and I texted that to her. And so as you were praying for this, I was praying for my daughter, for her to experience this. And then I just said, I love you. You are awesome. Like just so like instead of focusing on that person that did what she shouldn't have done and, and the hurt in that moment, as you were praying, I, I texted her this, and I'm, I'm praying that she read and prayed this prayer as well. You know, so in all of our lives, we have these situations where we're hurt, we're let down, we're abandoned, and, and sometimes it's from people that shouldn't, <laughs> right? And that's when it hurts even more. Um, so for all of us here in the studio and, and all of us listening, let's really take this prayer of peace to heart uh, Tom, I don't know if, if you feel comfortable sharing, you know, because before we went on air, we were talking about this, and you shared how in- influential this prayer was in your life. So yeah. let's not just listen to it today and think it's a great story and okay, move on. This this can be a you know a part of the way that we live. Yeah, it was, um, <clears throat> and when you brought that up before David, and then you know you had to walk out for a second, and I was just mentioning to Rob that. Um, I first, I ran across that prayer in grade school and high school, you know, you read it once in a while, but I was working at a very difficult um, plant operation and um, there was a lot of contention and a lot of, you know, there was a very strong union and it had gotten really bitter and negative and I kind of came into the situation after a couple of other people had not been successful and it took me a while, but eventually I started to pray that prayer, and I used it every morning because I felt like at some point these people had never really been listened to. They'd never really been, you know, and and I saw the positive that could come out of it, and it was because I was praying, you know, and you mentioned about seeing Jesus and other people, you know, that we're all created by the same God. And but then you just come to see that there there is a good in them, but it's crusted over mm-hmm. somehow because of bad habits or temptations or, and there's something that's really helpful for me, and it sounds kind of nasty, but it's actually very good concept. There's something in the Catechism that talks about people who have habitually sinned to the point where it gets more and more serious, and then they become what the Catechism calls invincibly ignorant. That is. They don't want to know the truth, and if you have it, they'll attack you for it. It actually, the, the negative becomes 
a positive. And uh, so they start promoting the thing, you know, that that really has not been positive for historical, you know, generation after generation after generation. So, but understanding that when you pray for those people, you're you're praying for the Jesus part, you know, that you're praying for their their kinship with God and then with you. And that the other part is just you recognize it's the it's the work of some other force that has nothing to do with the creation of the goodness. So I used to pray that prayer, and I, and I would sincerely, I mean, I would pray it every day. I've memorized, and I still do pray it almost every day. But it's the theme has always been for me is make me an instrument of your peace. Make me a, a, a tool of your peace. You know, make me be a channel of your peace. That's another translation of it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's been very helpful. And it's it's probably coming up on 30 years now I've been praying that prayer. Wow. Well, you know what's interesting? As you were sharing, Tom, I take a look at Jesus. He's at a charcoal yeah. fire. He's at a charcoal fire for a reason, because it was at a charcoal fire that his closest disciple, the one he gave the keys to, the one he's going to build the church on, Peter, who denied him three mm-hmm. times, abandoned him at his most precious time of, of giving his life for all of us. He abandoned him, and yet here's Jesus saying, Peter, I got fish for you. I got food. Come sit and dine with me. Wow, you see, that example is for you and I. Because if we take a root of bitterness in our hearts, not of God, the enemy's got you, you're on his hook, but Jesus is showing us, no, no, no. People have abandoned us. People have denied us. People have thrown us basically to the wolves to be crucified. Don't give up on them. That olive branch of love that Jesus shows here at the, at the charcoal fire, that's our calling, to be different than the world. And, and that is so, so powerful. Yeah, and it's not only this. It's not only this one. I mean, this was the third. But think back to the two times he appeared in the upper room. I mean, right after the resurrection, the crucifixion, you know, and the denial and the betrayal and all that from Thursday night until Sunday night the, when he appeared to them, how, just think how you would have felt. You'd have been resentful. I'd have been angry. <laughs> you know, he comes in and says, peace, <laughs> peace be with you. Like the first thing he wants to do is make sure that they're okay, that they're not, that they're not and don't be worried. I'm not upset. You know, this is just the way it works. And if you think you can walk this out like Jesus, without Jesus, <laughs> you can't do it. It's impossible. But you see, through God, all things are possible. The more you are formed in the image and likeness of Christ, the more you will walk this out in this earthly journey like Him, and people will then come to you and say, I want another reason for your hope. And at that moment, you can share the reason. God bless each and every one of you. Let's be the world changers we were called to be. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-1111.
Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.